welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purpose Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson, and with me as always is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello. Hello. Uh, It's good to be with you all today. We've been busy, as I'm sure you have. Uh, most notably here in East Tennessee, in my school's district, uh, Alcoa City Schools, we have been gearing back up for school, and we, in fact, started school. Uh, we've been in school for a couple weeks now, and uh, it's, been, it's been quite an interesting affair. Uh, we were the first school district in the country to yes. actually start back, uh, and we had all sorts of major media uh, that came to town. I've I, I tell folks that we were, uh, the eyes of the nation were upon us, <laughs> and there was a lot of scrutiny uh, as the spotlight was on us. Uh, people were asking questions regarding whether or not it was wise to go back to school. Uh, they were asking uh, the administrators, the parents, even the kids how they felt about it. Uh, and so here we are, uh, where we'll be starting week three. We've had a few cases actually of COVID actually popping up yeah but, I think uh, but those have those have been handled well yes they're mm-hmm. handling it very well and they have very good procedures in place in the school district they're only going four day or they're going four days a week virtual school so at home mm-hmm. and then just one day a week in the classroom so the class sizes are very small but it also gives the teachers time to connect and really get to know their children. Right, and they're calling it a, a staggered schedule. So say, for example, one of our uh, children, they're, they're in a class, typically you might have 25 to 30 students. So uh, on, a, say, a Monday, five of those students would go to class. Right. And then on Tuesday, a different five. And so... And they uh, have as few as two in, in yeah, one of our son's yeah. classes. It's, it's been actually, I think, a, a good thing because the students are able to receive more personalized attention right uh, so there's been that but you know it also poses some other challenges too uh, so you know our prayer is that uh, we as a nation and as uh, uh, a planet actually are able to uh, move past this and that the decisions that are being made will be uh, the right ones not ones that are made out of uh, political expediency but those that are actually for the good of humanity. Right. 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 Uh, well, we've been dealing with that. Anything else you want to share, Amy, that uh, we've been up to? Well, there's been a lot going on. Um, we are also discussing as a church how to get back into somewhat of a normal schedule. Um, the children's programs are about to begin. Our boys are in the Awana program at our school, or at our school, <laughs> at their church, mm-hmm. at our church. And so, um, you know, just trying to navigate the waters and, and see the best way to get back to that. 
Um, also, we have the new divorce ministry that Tommy and I will be starting, and that's about the same time as the Awana program at church. So those are big things. Yeah, in fact, we'll be, uh, we'll be ministering there at the church at the same time Awana is taking place. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it's exciting, uh, but definitely some, some things on the horizon that will be keeping us busy. Uh, well, let, let's go ahead and get to today's show. Uh, our theme verse for today is Psalm 37, 7. Amy, would you go ahead and read that for us? Yes. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. <laughs> uh, that verse, I think I read over quite a few times when we were going <laughs> through our, our valley experience. And, you know, that verse carries with it a theme of, uh, of a call for justice and you know, basically putting the spotlight on the situation and looking at it from the standpoint of uh, this is unfair. You know, God, when are you going to intervene? You know, right. I, I shouldn't be suffering now. Well, and I think also, <clears throat> excuse me, I think also at the, you know, I, I love this verse towards the very end when it says, when they carry out their wicked, wicked schemes, you know, it's really easy, I think, for a stander to spot these wicked schemes and I know for myself I mean there were plenty of times that I truly was scheming and so you you really you, you know you conniving and ca- scheming right but I mean you word I did, things I did, I did that too yeah so yeah but. you word things a certain way mm-hmm. or you you know make suggestions that you know will go in your favor because of the way you've worded them um, so I think it's very easy to want to not be still <laughs> yeah. and get a little fiery because of those schemes. Well, we're going to break this verse down, and uh, it, it is the theme verse uh, that our podcast today. Uh, we've titled it, Don't Give Up on God. And so we want to uh, really focus in on, on this verse here, Psalm 37, 7, because I think it hits home what we're trying to communicate with our theme. Uh, So the first part part of the verse says, be still before the Lord. Uh, What does this actually mean? We did some research uh, for this uh, episode, and I think what I was able to find uh, was actually very, very good information, and it's practical advice that we as standers uh, will be able to digest and help us. Uh, Amy, what's the, what's the answer there? What is, what is that scripture saying, be still before the Lord? Well, I think it, it means to calm down, mm-hmm. you know, to stop fighting. Um, Israel, you know, they were prone to a people of battle, uh, people they were of u- war. They were used to fighting. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. And so the word still in a translation of the Hebrew word, Rapa mm-hmm. means to slacken, to let down, or to cease. To cease, and what is cease? It basically means to stop. Yeah, cease so, fire. I right, mean. right. So where it says, "Be still before the Lord," you know, God is saying, "Stop what you're doing. Stop fighting." Right. And 
you know, we were discussing this just a little bit ago. What does that actually mean for the stander who is pursuing the Lord? Now, uh, the way we fight should be different than what you would see displayed uh, by your prodigal. They're going to use all kinds of worldly tactics. Right. Now, there is a tendency on the part of some who are standing for their marriage to try to argue their way uh, back to reconciliation. <laughs> right. And that does not go uh, well. <laughs> right. And so I think this, this verse is very practical in that it gets our attention that is to say, stop, just stop it. Stop trying to win the argument. Right. All right. You're not going to convince your prodigal to come home with words alone or whatever actions that you're taking. Now, the Lord can use these actions and the words, the manner in which you speak, to cultivate and nurture something possibly going on in the heart of your prodigal that was started and will be finished by the Holy Spirit. But in terms of winning this battle on our own, no, we need to... You've heard the phrase, let go and let God. And uh, people, people look at that verse differently, or that it's not really a verse, but that phrase differently. One, one thing that I, I do as I examine it and how I view it is, is to say that when I've exhausted all of my human options, that are at my fingertips, I have to come to the point to say, I'm going to give this over to God completely. My prodigal is in God's hands. I will continue to be obedient and to pray. But in terms of heart transformation, God, you have to do the work. I have to stop trying to force the issue. Right. And it probably would be a little bit easier if we actually flipped that around and did the, the, first, the, the thing that we tend to do last first, where we just fully give it over to God in the beginning. And I know during your stand, I could see a very dramatic difference in you and in how you spoke um, to me, how you treated me. Um, I could tell at some point that you had given it over to the Lord. Like you started being still. You were no longer combative or you know, what I would have said was combative. Um, you weren't trying to argue your way back into the relationship. And I noticed that. I mean, and it's very noticeable to the prodigal. And so that truly impacted, that truly impacted me and how I viewed the situation. And I realized, okay, he's no longer trying to like, just win the battle or win the argument. And even if I would start the argument, you still were no longer trying to win it and come back at me. And um, so, you know, for those of you standing, I think that it's really important that your prodigal sees that in you, a, a patience and a loving nature. Um, not that we're, you know, you allow your prodigal to literally run over you, uh, but to where you get to the point where you fully place your trust in the Lord and you be still. That's good. And um, I, I guess as far as the implication uh, for the first part of this verse for the standard, I, I think we've already essentially uh, addressed that. Yeah. What, what does that mean for the standard? So uh, go ahead and uh, bring up the next point here. 
All right, the second thing we see in this verse is the charge to wait patiently for him. Uh, and what is the Bible talking about here? Well, in, in my research, what I came across with there, there are two types of waiting that are found in Scripture. Now, in the Old Testament, it's more about waiting for the Lord's providential care. Uh, and now most New Testament references have to do with the second coming of Christ. And the commonality in both cases is the theme of waiting expectantly mm-hmm. and, and with hope. I think that is such an important part of that, waiting expectantly with hope. Because, I, you know, in, in a lot of the couples um, or individuals that we've talked to and come across, you know, a lot of times it's like they're they're praying, but they're not really expecting. They're not really hoping. It's like, well, I guess if God decides to do it. And that's something I think in your stand, you absolutely expected it, correct? Oh, I knew it was going to come. I didn't know how or when. Uh, I, I sensed as we drew closer to the day that it occurred that something was was happening. Happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was picking up on little things that God was moving uh, in that direction. Uh, But I had to go on in faith and believe in my heart that He was going to um, do what I believed He has said that He was going to do. And we've shared in the past about uh, Isaiah 4611. you know, what that promise meant meant to me. Uh, and I can't remember which podcast episode that was, but if you're interested in learning more about that, uh, perhaps we'll put in the uh, show notes or when we post this podcast where you can find that. Yeah. But yeah, so there is a backstory there. Uh, we are looking at now the requirements for the stander who is waiting patient on, uh, waiting patiently on God. And sometimes when we think that we're waiting, uh, there might be the idea that we're to sit there and do nothing, but there is actually there are some requirements here. Yeah. Right. There needs to be some action that is taken while we wait. All right, so for the question, what are these requirements for the standard? Number one, uh, we need to recognize that there needs to be a dependency on God. Right. That is to say, God, you alone are able to do this. All right. right. I'm putting my faith and trust in you. I am powerless uh, to bring about what I believe to be your will. You need to intervene here. All right, so there is that dependency. Number two, an acknowledgement that God sets the terms and timing of our deliverance. In other words, we don't get to decide what the answer to our petitions look like. And coming to terms with this is a struggle for those fighting for their marriage. All right, and so we have an idea of what restoration might look like or when it would occur, and I can tell you that if you have that mindset, you're going to find that you'll be quite disappointed. Very discouraged. Right, because you'll you'll set up these situations where you think it's going to happen now, or maybe a bit later after this or that happens, and then those, those uh, times come and go, and you're left just thinking, what happened? You know, I, I, I really thought it was going to happen this time, and there were moments for me where I was sure that, all right, she's going to do a complete 180 after this. <laughs> and what was always <laughs> so funny was that um, 
she went, she was able to go deeper. Uh, she did a 180, but it was even further from where she was, uh, a, a doubling down. And so, you know, I had to recognize in my heart that the expectations I was setting uh, for restoration and sort of the timeline that I was placing on God was not biblical. And I needed to abandon that because um, it was it was not serving to uh, increase your faith in my, God. my faith in God. Right. Yeah. yeah and I, I think also we tend to think, well, you know, this is only for my stand. Um, I've, I've created this scenario in my head of what it should look like, but that's actually, it, it tends to actually go all throughout our lives. You know, we think, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. And then we do something completely different. And, well, this is who I might marry. And then, you know, God changes our direction and we have to learn to pivot and we have to learn how to properly handle the situations. And so, you know, I, I see this theme often, um, not just in a stand, but all throughout life, um, people turning away from their faith at times because God didn't provide them the fill in the blank of what they wanted. Well, God didn't answer the way they, they wanted, wanted to. God to answer them. Exactly. Because we know so much more than God and we are so much wiser than Him. <laughs> right. Yeah, of, of course He would answer things the way we want. <laughs> right. And I mean, if we're being honest, you know, I think of all the times that I think I had the answers and I wanted God to do things the way I wanted to. And then He moved me in a different direction. And it, it's always better. You know, I always come out... Um, in a better scenario from how I had envisioned things. So mm. I just wanted to add that bit. Um, this next part, the, the second half of this verse says, do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Uh, why is it that we should not worry about what appears to be happiness or in some cases celebration over sinful and rebellious behavior on part of our prodigal? I'll, I'll get to the answer here in just a second, but something that just occurred to me, uh, you mentioned the word celebration over sinful and rebellious behavior. And, you know, unfortunately, and this is the sign of the times, there is something that is actually a thing now, which are divorce parties where there yes. are celebrations, where they burn the dress. They burn the or... dress or the uh, the pictures, the photo. I mean, it, it is terrible. I. I know of somebody who's uh, went, went through a divorce and learned that uh, his wife actually had one of these things. And I thought how hard that would have been, you know, oh, if yeah. I was on the receiving end of that to to know that uh, our, our marriage, the destruction of our marriage was actually celebrated and gifts right. were being given. Uh, and, there was and people, rejoicing. Other people were uh, attending. We're, right. We're, right. We're, we're taking part in that. Yes. Uh, well, the answer that we're going to share here is that it, as it relates to uh, how do we deal with what looks like uh, wicked people celebrating their right. sin, our God is a just God and one who will not withhold justice. And if we examine what is found in Psalm 37, 
this is very interesting because we learned that Asaph, who was a great singer and musician of David, he came to understand that anything's perceived to be good that was happening to the enemy or workers of iniquity was only temporal. Uh, and one thing that will help us is the fact that, you know, green is green for a season and so is the herb, but they both wither quickly. I mean, right. I think of what I see out in the front yard. <laughs> How or, many times have or, we seeded or, that? <laughs> or what I don't see in the front yard, right? right? And uh, that that's true. It will It will pop up. It will be green for a time, and it looks like, oh, it's doing great. You know, right. it's healthy, it's flourishing. I've got a great lawn here. And then we go through a two or three week drought. Heat, right. yeah, and then it's getting baked. For and I believe that's actually Psalm 73. 73. Did I say 37? Yes, All yes. right, my mistake there. Um, so, uh, now I'd like to use another example here to help us better understand this passage. And I'm going to go ahead and read. And, I actually got this from the Enduring Word website, which is an online commentary. And so I'll give credit to where credit's due there. And I'm just going to read this. Okay. Uh, We think of a wicked man eating a magnificent dinner while a godly man goes hungry. The wicked man eats anything and everything he wants, and his table is loaded as as he enjoys his meal. Then we see the bigger picture. He eats his last meal on death row and in a moment will face terrible judgment. Now, with larger perspective, the godly man doesn't envy or worry about the wicked man. Evil men, instead of being envied, are to be viewed with horror and aversion. Yet their loaded tables and gilded trappings are too apt to fascinate our poor half-opened eyes. Famous preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon was the one who said this. Now, with all this context, how should we view what may appear to be our prodigals prospering while we are in a state of constant suffering? I mean, I think it's easy to, in our case, it was easy for you to see, oh, Amy's traveling here and she's going there and she's with this friend this weekend and next week she's going with that friend and you know I was going on these trips and and truly all that was doing was to avoid the loneliness and avoid being at home by myself to filling you were filling a void I was filling a void because I knew if I was alone with my thoughts I would be in deep sorrow I mean you know, part of me knew what was happening. Part of me knew that I was running in the wrong when, direction. When you say part of me knew, are you referring to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, that conscience that was pricking your heart, telling you you yes. were wrong? Okay. Yes. That, and, and I mean, that was definitely more predominant in the, the beginning stages of our separation Mm. Uh, uh, as time progressed though you know it's like I I love the example of there being like an alarm you know it's like an alarm goes off but then you just keep hearing snooze and after a while you no longer hear the alarm and you've tuned it out you've completely tuned it out and so you know as time progressed, that's what was happening. It's like, 
I was quieting the still small voice. Um, but I wasn't even quieting it. I was avoiding it altogether. I never spent time alone. I was constantly on the go and doing things and staying active. So I didn't have to be alone with my thought. So that alarm clock that kept going off with the buzzer, and you kept turning it off until eventually you just took the clock and you threw it away. <laughs> right. Until, until one day God came and woke you up. Yes. And it's like he came in with the biggest clock imaginable and put it right next to you right. to wake you up and get your attention. To where you could no longer avoid right, it. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, listeners, we want to go ahead and not only share what we did, but also give you all hope. And we've gathered some scriptures here that we'd like to read that we hope will uh, assist you uh, in your stand as you uh, come to terms with the things that you're dealing with and you're, you're facing this maybe perhaps some anxiety or some fear or a, a sense of uh, injustice being served Uncertain, upon you. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Yeah, and you know, we, we share these verses often, and you can always go back and, and listen to these, but I think, you know, one thing that really helps me is writing these down and having them as visuals, too. So oftentimes I'll write down verses either in, a, in my journal or on flashcards and, and put those up where you can see those. I know Tommy had one, I mean, very um, predominant on the refrigerator during his stand. And every time that I went to his house, I could, I could see those verses. Um, so anyway, you know, this might be another way. That might be another way that could help you. Mm -hmm. uh, Amy, go ahead and get started with our first verse. Okay, our first verse is Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. This comes from Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Psalm 37, 37 through 39. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. The offspring of the wicked will perish. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. This is Hebrews 10:30. For we know him who said, "It is mine to avenge; I will repay." And again, the Lord will judge his people. Well, now is the time in our show when we want to mention and pass along some prayer requests that have been sent to us. And again, we do this with the intent of helping to build an army of prayer warriors who can join you in the spiritual battle for your marriage. Uh, and as a reminder, if you have a specific request that you would like to have mentioned on our show, please email us at prayer at purposedmarriage.org and be sure to put in the subject line on-air prayer. We also have a form uh, on our website, 
org. Uh, I think the name of the page is just On Air Prayer. Right. Yeah, you can go that you and can just go there fill out and it'll come right the to information. us. information. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, we'll go ahead and start here. Uh, Amy, go ahead and read this first one. Now, I, I know this first one, uh, it actually deals with something that has already come to pass, but we're going to read it anyway because the nature of the prayer uh, has shifted a little bit. Okay. Um, this comes from Uzo. Please pray for God to completely block the divorce that my husband Nathan has filed for and that God takes over his heart so my husband is realigned to pursue a relationship with God. I pray God severs every relationship, pulling him away from his marriage. There is a divorce hearing on July 20th, and I pray that God prevents it from going through in the name of Jesus. I, I will say that I, I definitely had that prayer when I was going through uh, my stand, the divorce uh, everything that led up to the divorce, it came and went, and I prayed that that divorce would not take place. However, uh, we were restored after the divorce right. uh, went through, there and, is God, still hope. and God and God actually, yeah, that is not uh, that is not a death sentence. Your prodigal may think that they've gotten away with it, they've found their freedom, but, but as is often the case, you know, they're going to get their piece of paper that will say they've been divorced and they're going to find that uh, the satisfaction and the liberation that they were hoping to receive, if, if the Lord is really and truly convicting them, which is what you need to be praying for and we right. all need to be praying for, uh, that, that one day they're going to stop wanting to ride the fun bus right. and, and get They'll off that. They'll eventually get off Yeah. and God will put the alarm clock <laughs> back next to them That's and right. wake them up. That's right. And so we do want to lift up Uzo if even if that divorce went through and we don't know and Uzo if you're listening right now write back and 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 tell us what's happening and uh, we can perhaps lift this up our, in our next episode with an update, an update. Mm -hmm. from you. All right. Uh, our next one comes from Matthew H uh, our, the message says uh, referring to his wife she wants a divorce and I want to work things out. As of right now, we are living in, a, in different places. And since Monday, she has blocked me and blocked all my family. I, I, I could only assume that means probably social media. Social media, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and hasn't tried to talk to me at all. I went to marriage counseling by myself on Wednesday. I'm doing a 40-day husband devotional book starting in the morning. I pray God will bring her home and I can be the Christian husband she saw me as when we got married a year and a half ago. And I know that's so hard when the communication has stopped and you mm -hmm. feel you feel so helpless. So Matthew, my, my heart goes out to you. I know that's not difficult, but uh, in this time where uh, you've been pushed away, I would say uh, use it to focus on the Lord. Uh, you mentioned the 40-day husband devotional book. I think that's great. Uh, but, you know, also use the time to uh, be feasting on the Word of God. And if you are able to minister and do the work of the Lord during this time, I encourage you to uh, do that. But uh, you all, we definitely want to pray for Matthew in this situation. It's, it's a tough place to be in uh, when that communication has stopped. And we'll, we'll pray that the Lord opens those lines of communication in His perfect timing. 
Right, right. right. And this last one comes from John M. He says, my wife and I have been separated since December of 2019. As it is right now, she has chosen to file for divorce, and we are in the process of going through the legal legal legalities. <laughs> legalities. Legalities. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, okay. the legalities of the paperwork. That's a hard word. No. Um, with our attorneys, it is almost verbatim our story, mine, Tommy's story. For ten years, I was the prodigal, being filled with pride and shame to the point I didn't want to admit my sin. In the midst of all my anger and selfishness, uh, it came to the forefront for which my wife had to endure for far too long. They have, uh, it says, as we had our two girls, the anger and frustration on my part grew. I knew I wasn't where I needed to be spiritually, but my pride got in the way of taking it to the Lord. Finally, in December of last year, my wife... Jenny, uh, she had had enough and used the exact same buzzwords as I did. Mm -hmm. Um, me, Amy, mm -hmm. uh, she said she needed time to heal and then we could work on us on, uh, in December, God got a hold of me, meaning John and began a heart change and continues to do that now. The tough part is that his wife has become hardened and it has been a complete role change or role reversal. Uh, I am now the stander and she has become the prodigal. As much as I want my marriage to succeed and I'm committed to standing for that, even more I ask for your prayer that her relationship with the Lord is restored. I hurt because I know the woman of God she is. And I see just how impactful my sin has had in our relationship and her relationship with the Lord. Please pray for perseverance and patience for me and a softening towards the Lord for her. And John, that is such a right on position that you have now. It, it, it is spot on in that the focus needs to be for her heart, praying for the wife uh, f for the heart of your wife, that the Holy Spirit touches that, and that relationship with the Lord uh, is restored. Be because before we really even start focusing on the marriage, we need to understand that this is a spiritual battle. Uh, this is a battle for the heart, mind, and soul of your prodigal. And uh, in in many cases, you know, their eternal destiny is riding on whether or not that relationship with the Lord is made right. And so if you truly love and care, you need to focus on uh, praying that they come to know the Lord. And, right. that, and, if, they do, and the if they do know the Lord, that the Holy Spirit brings conviction upon them and that they turn, run from their wicked ways. Right. Because if, if that happens, they're going to run to the Lord. Eventually, they're going to run back to you in the marriage. Right. Right. And um, also, I would just like to... Uh, share one thing that we have been learning in this divorce ministry that we're about to embark on at our church. Um, it, it talks about severed relationships and the divorce relationship. Like you go from being married and then separated and then, the, you know, divorced, potentially divorced. Um, 
And what, what I've learned in that study is uh, it talks about the nature of the one, the, the prodigal, the one running. There does come a point in time where almost always they come back. And um, I don't know if, if you've, you know, caught the same thing, Tommy, but I was very surprised in some of the statistics and some of the material that we've been going over, um, and, and not every case, but the majority of cases, it talks about how there needs to be a need for patience and waiting on the Lord, because eventually the prodigal that's running will turn their heart around. And, you know, a lot of times the, we're, we're talking about the prodigals that do have a relationship with the Lord, um, just like I did. Uh, I mean, I had a relationship with the Lord. I turned from him, but you, you know, I, I could only turn for so long before he fully grabbed my attention and the Holy Spirit brought me back into alignment. And I, I think that ties in really well with the theme of today. You know, don't give up on, on God, right. on, on waiting for him. Because, you know, if you are the stander and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and then decide to give up, you know, you've, you run the risk of ruining the chance for restoration and reconciliation because you weren't patient. Right. You might think that you're patient, but really when it comes to time and waiting, um, God has set high expectations for us, and we don't understand oftentimes what patience really means uh, as God understands it. Right. You know, we think of... Uh, stories from the Bible, and we've, we've talked about this before at length, uh, Sarah and Abraham, and there was a promise made to him about a son that and would th be coming. And they didn't wait. Well, they waited for a period of time, right. and then they got tired of waiting, and they took matters into their own hands. And right. then uh, there is a great mess <laughs> that was made because right. of that decision. Yeah, and right. you know, I, th I think that also goes back to we don't know, you know, and and we, Tommy and I have talked about this often, you know, at, at one point, God had gotten a hold of his heart. He was transformed. His mind had been transformed, but God hadn't finished the work that he needed to do in me. And so it's easy to get discouraged and say, okay, God, I'm waiting on you and you're working in me. And I've, you know, you've transformed my heart and I see the wicked ways of my past or, you know, I see how I contributed to this mess and in, in my relationship with my husband or wife. Um, so why aren't you doing this? But the fact may be that God's still working in the heart of your prodigal. God may still have lots of things that he needs to work out in your prodigal's life before there can be the restoration and that patience is so important because if you rush it you 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 could do a lot of damage yeah we want that harvest prematurely uh, before it's actually ready and so while god is growing and cultivating right you know those seeds that were planted you know we just want to we want to pick it yeah i mean i, right? I think i and think and start when, eating it i think about right? all the times the boys and Tommy and I, I mean, and I love to go blackberry picking, 
but you don't want to pick those blackberries too soon. You yeah. want to wait until they're at their juiciest. Right, but 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 I see them and and they're dark. That they, they got to be ready to take. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> you you still you still wait, and yeah. then once you wait and they're plump and ripe, you know, as the boys say, wow, this tastes like candy. It's it's God's candy. It's God's mm. nature, candy to us, and so. You know, I think that that's so important. You don't, you don't pull it or you don't pick it too soon. You you mm-hmm. wait and endure. And and don't give up on God. Uh, he is he is not going anywhere. He is ever present. He hears your prayers, uh, and he's he's in a much better position of taking care of things than you are. Yeah, and I mean. Back to, you know, our verse, Joshua 1, 9. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Mm. So you never have to endure this alone. That's right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you for this time that we've been able to uh, share and and talk about you, Lord, and your word. Uh, I pray that uh, what we've shared here today, Lord, will encourage and strengthen those who uh, have heard Father, for the prayer requests that we've mentioned, uh, just a few today, Lord, uh, I pray that you would be in each of those situations, and our circumstances sometimes change every day, uh, but Lord, you are constant, you are always there, you know what's taking place and what's going on. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue impress, to impress upon uh, the hearts of standards uh, that we need to remain committed to you and to our marriages, Lord, and that you would Uh, Just bring conviction upon those who are running. Uh, Lord, we thank you for all of your many blessings. We thank you for your love uh, and and for the gift of your Son. Uh, Lord, we pray that as we go forward that everything that we say, everything that we do, uh, would bring honor and glory in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage, and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.